Welcome back to the Grand Valley Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you meet Jesus and grow in faith. Wow, guys, you did such a good job. Alistair and the team, thank you so much. Alistair, I hope you have a drink of water and a nice little rest now. We are super excited that you are all here, and I have been telling the kids in Big Kids Zone that I help out in, been telling them for a little while that we were going to take over Big Church. So hello, Big Church. Are you ready to be taken over? Because it's going to happen. All right, so kids, I need you guys to pay attention, because occasionally while I am talking... I am going to need some help, and I might need some people to answer questions, and I'm going to be inviting you guys all to come up at one point and show the adults some things, so I need you to be paying attention so that we can be taking over big church together. So all right, welcome everyone. This morning we're going to be talking about church. We're going to be talking about being all together And we're going to be talking about investing each other. Whether you have been attending church your whole life, or this Sunday is the first Sunday that you've ever walked into a church building, your previous experiences and misconceptions, or maybe they're not misconceptions, but your previous experiences have created an image in your mind of what church is. Maybe for you that image is of dressing up in potlucks. Maybe if you're some of the kids here, that image is running around with your friends before or after the service. Or maybe for some of us, it's having to sit really still and be quiet. Maybe in the image in your mind, it's singing old hymns from a book or new songs from up on the wall. Maybe the image of church that you have includes love and acceptance or I hope not, but it could be for some of you in your experience. You may think of hypocrites and loneliness. As I share this morning, I want us all to start with this thought. Church isn't a where or a what, it's a who. Now, do any of my kids, can any of you tell me what that might mean? If a church isn't a where or a what, it's a who, what would that mean? Oh, I need a, can I get a mic? I didn't think of that. So we can hear the kids' answers. Oh, look, we've got Brian's. Excellent. If I know how to turn it on. Do I turn it on? There's a button. Thanks, guys. All right, so what would that mean? Can you talk into the mic so everyone can hear you? That it's God. It's not God. God has something to do with it. I'll still give you it. I'll still give you it. Oh, you have to ask your parents if you can have this. I can give you... Ah, uh, okay. Because I can give you a, a fruit snack later, too. All right. Does anyone have an idea? Aiden, do you have an idea? If church isn't a where or a what, it's a who. What might it mean? What would that mean? Because... You don't know? No. All right. I'll give you one anyway. Okay, we'll open it up to the adults. Are there any adults? Oh, Stanley, you have an answer? Yeah. This is my, Stanley, he's three. You have to talk into it. He's, okay, if church is a who, what does that mean? 
Okay. Uh, that is how Stanley talks. <laughs> um, so perhaps we'll open it up to adults. Is there any adults who might know what that means? You get a candy if you answer. No? All right. Oh, you have a guess. All right. Is it the people in the church? It is the people. Here, I'll let you pick your own color. Okay. She doesn't want a candy. All right. So the church isn't where we come. We tend to say that we're going to church, and that's the way the English language is. But church is actually about the people. When we talk about being the church, that's about the people that are here, the people who are meeting, the people who are Christians, and the ones who are followers of God. So what I hope, what I long and pray for, that your experience would be, whatever it has been in the past, that you would be able to experience what church is meant to be. Dressing up in potlucks are nice. I am a fan. Making friends and singing together and hearing an uplifting message, those are nice things as well. But are we meeting together on Sundays because we want those things or do we want something more? What if every time we met, we were faced with evidence of a God who not only exists, but cares? Does God love us? How do we know? We just recently finished a sermon series on spiritual gifts. If you missed... Oh, does someone have an answer? Because he loves us. That's an excellent answer, Lincoln. You get a candy. Do you think you can catch it? Can catch? Oh, close. Mom caught it on her arm. All right. So... Our spiritual gift series that we went through actually gives us a hint of how every time we get together there could be evidence of a God who not only exists but cares for us. And spiritual gifts, if you miss the series, are gifts that God gives the church through the Holy Spirit so that we can minister to each other and be what he's designed his church to be. We don't all get the same gifts from God. We get different ones because we have different roles to play. And we, when we use the gifts that we've been given as we're supposed to, we become a fully functioning body. That is something that Paul told the church, that we are like a body. There is feet, there is knees, there is elbows, there is eyes. When we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing, we are like a body. A magnificent body where love and service are just abounding. And people are uplifted, encouraged, challenged, and drawn closer to God. Because his presence and his call to people are there. We can see it when his people are gathered together. When people use the gifts that God has given them, we see evidence of God and his character. People can know that God is real when church, the people together, are what they're supposed to be. I recently read that by the age of 13, a child has formed their basic beliefs about the nature of God, the reliability of the Bible. Does anyone know what that means, the reliability of the Bible? Anyone have an answer for me? Aiden, you've got one? What would the reliability of the Bible be? 
Jesus. Jesus? That's a great answer. I, I owe you a candy because I didn't bring it. Oh, does someone else have an answer? Landon has an answer. Thanks, Stanley. Tells you about how God created earth and the birth of Jesus. That's true. And the reliability of the Bible is that we can... Oh, have you got an answer? If you've already got one candy, I don't think you're going to get more because we have to have enough for everyone. Do you still want to try and answer? Okay. (laughs) You have an answer? All right. What's the reliability of the Bible? That you can trust it. That you can trust it. A plus. Good job, buddy. Do you think... Do you think you can catch? Maybe your mom will catch this on her other arm. You can? Okay, I don't know about my throwing, so we'll have to see. Oh, good job, bud. Awesome. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, So by the age of 13, a child has formed their basic beliefs about the nature of God, whether they can trust the Bible, if there's a heaven... And whether Jesus loves them. And as I thought about that, and I thought about my own experience before the age of 13, and my faith story in my teen years and beyond, in hindsight, I think that part of the reason that I always believed in God, even when I wrestled with my opinion of his character, is that I saw evidence of God moving in people's lives as a child. My father has a story of going to a conference with my mother when... My siblings and I were young. And he ended up on the floor of his hotel room after whatever session they had been at, pleading with God that whatever his kids saw in his life, they would see God. I only ever heard about that story as an adult, but without a doubt, that prayer was answered. My parents are still 100% human and imperfect. But throughout my life, I have seen them move in humility and love and spiritual gifts in ways that made God apparent to me. I pray the same thing for my own children. I am far from perfect, but it is my desperate plea that as I make the choice to allow God to work in and through me, that despite my imperfections, and perhaps sometimes even because of my imperfections, that they will see and know God. And I believe that that is, in fact, how God intends things to be. This entire book, the Bible, is full of stories of God and imperfect people. All right, so now I'm going to invite some kids up to come help me. And if everyone who who did the songs wants to come up and help again, you guys can stand up here again where you were before. And you need to be... Good actors. I don't know if you can be a good actor, but you can also look at the person beside you. So you come up here. Everyone stand up here together. And I'm going to ask you some questions, and you'll show me if you can... You'll see if you can show all the adults what that looks like. All right? I'll wait for you all to come up. All right. We are going to show everyone what does it look like to be angry. Yeah, you can stand up there and help me. Yeah, go up there and then you'll get a treat. Yeah, you'll get one. 
Did I forget to give you one last time? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that I forgot. Um, here you go, from last time when you answered. Oh, okay. He's ready there. There you go, Drew. There's a treat for Stanley. All right. Now everyone here is going to show me what does it look like to be angry. Can you show me what you would look like if you're angry? Carson, I don't think you look like that when you're angry. Though my husband says that I smile when I'm mad, so he gets confused. (laughs) So this is what it looks like to be angry. Now I'd like everyone to raise your hand. If you are a kid who's ever been angry, can you raise your hand? All right, if you are an adult who's ever been angry, can you raise your hand? What? Look at that. We all have. Okay, we're going to try another one. All right, what does it look like to be jealous? Can you guys show me what it looks like to be jealous? If someone has something that you want, oh, man, I wish I had that. All right, now who of you guys has ever been jealous? Oh, look at that. So many of us. Now what about the adults? Who here has a... Whoa! The adults have been jealous too. Did you guys know that? All right. Who here has ever gotten in trouble before? Oh, you guys have gotten in... Lincoln, you've gotten in trouble? Really? Wow. Okay. Now about the adults. I don't know. You guys are grown-ups. Have you ever gotten in trouble before? Can you raise your hands? What? Look at that. So all of us here have been mad. Oh, I got another one. I want another one that we'd like to talk about. Okay. Who here has been sad? Can you show me what being sad looks like so the adults know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Adults, have you guys been sad? Wow, they've all been sad too. Look at that. There was so much the same. And there's so many stories in the Bible. I know you guys hear kid, you guys in Kid Zone, you hear Bible stories all the time, right? The adults don't get to hear them as much. But so we're going to tell them. Is there ever people that, are, that get in trouble in the Bible stories? There is? Yeah? Is there ever sad people in the Bible stories? There is. Is there mad people in the Bible? There is. There are people just like us. And the adults are just like this. And you know what the Bible tells us? That God wants to work in and through people no matter how they're feeling or what they've done. Isn't that super cool? Yes. All right. Marie, can I recruit you to give? Oh, I don't know if we have enough. We'll see if we have enough. If we don't have enough of these, then we'll, we'll improvise. Can everyone who helped get one of those? And then you bring it back to your parents, and they'll let you know if you can open it now or save it for later, Okay. Maybe I need another helper. Aurora, can you be another helper? All right, so you can all take one and then go back to your spots. Do you want to be a helper too? You'd like to you'd like one too? Okay, here we're going to go in a row. We're going to go in a row. Execution is failing. <laughs> okay. Here, I, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Okay. You can have one. Go to your seat. No. You want to pick? Drew, can you help, please? Well, as long as he's leaving, we're good. <laughs> All right. We'll see if everyone gets one. And you can see if your parents... Uh, I can trade you that one. There you go, sweetie. Yeah, everyone gets one. And then you go sit down. Okay. So I think we've got... There we go. Yeah. Would you like a purple one or a yellow one? 
Okay, we'll trade. That's perfect. Hi, bud. Can you help me? Oh, you need help opening that? Go ask Daddy. He can help you. All right. Ask Dad. Well, I can trade later, Aurora. Not right now. All right. Well, that got a little crazy, but I hope the point got across. We all have similar experiences. None of us are perfect, and yet God wants to work in and through all of us. And I wanted the kids up here because I wanted them to see you say that you have those experiences. And I wanted, it's also fun to see them make the faces. But I wanted us to have a moment where we go, hey, look at this. We all have these experiences, um, and God wants to work in and through us anyway, because we have an entire book that is about that. (sighs) Gotta find my spot. So, how... How does God work in and through us even though we aren't perfect? The Israelites were told many times that they are going to be a light to the world. And we tend to think if you are a light, you are bright and shiny and you are perfect. And that's how you're a light. That you are as shiny as possible. But the point isn't that we are supposed to be perfect. It's that we are supposed to have our life transparent enough and open enough and with other people enough that they can see God through us. It's not about being perfect. It's about whether we have God in us and other people are either able to see that. I've lost my clicker. Here we go. And on that note, I want to share a saying with you that I love. I don't know who to attribute it to because I think that a lot of people have said it in different ways. But I want to reinforce to you that while our our faith is deeply personal, our faith is not meant to be private. And we tend to think that if something touches us deeply, it is not something that needs to be shared. And not everything in our life needs to be shared. We live in a culture now where sometimes oversharing happens. But in church, we tend to think that it's about me and God, and that's it. And that is something that we can get anywhere. I can listen to excellent worship music anywhere. I've got Spotify. I've got it all on call. I can make a playlist. I can make sure it's exactly what I want to hear when I want to hear it. I can, we now have at our fingertips all kinds of messages But the thing that Christianity really should have, that that is in our, um, it's our choice whether we have it or not, is the intentional relationships that we need to have. Because God wants to reveal aspects of himself to other people. He wants to reveal his love. He wants to reveal knowledge to them. He wants to work through all of us in our gifts to each other. No matter how old we are or what our past has been, there are things that God can reveal to us, and if we are able to share it with each other, we can share a whole picture. I now need four more volunteers, and I think I would like Landon and Caleb to come up And do we have any other older kids that maybe haven't been involved? Or even an adult. Is there an adult? Oh, uh, yeah, Jaslyn and Aurora. Yeah, we'll get the older. No, Aurora, you can't play. 
Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> All right. So have you guys noticed that we have a box here? Does anyone know? Does anyone know what's inside the box? No. You know this game, do you? Okay. I think we can do it even with three people. So I would like Caleb to, you know what? We're going to move so we're a little bit not in the light. Okay. Caleb, you stand here. Now you can't look. You got to look the other way and stick your hand in there and tell us what's inside the box. What's inside the box? Any idea? Pardon? A blankie? Okay, he thinks it's a blankie. Uh, oh, yeah, Carson, you can do it because I have four spots. Okay, Landon, can you come over here? Stick your hand in this spot. Don't look. Stick your hand in there. Okay, well, oh, make a little more space. Okay, what's in there? A pillow. Okay. Carson? Can you stick your hand in there? What's in there? A beanbag chair. A beanbag chair. All right, Jaslyn, can you come here to the back? We got another opening here. Okay, don't look. Stick your hand in. It's not going to be a spider, I promise. <laughs> a soft pillow thing. A stuffed animal. Hmm. So now if you guys all talk together, talk about what you saw in there. Can you make any... You felt. Yes, you didn't see. You didn't see. How silly of me. You felt it. So what do you... Talk amongst yourselves and see if you can think of what would be inside. No, 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 Stanley knows what it is, in case you're wondering. Do you think it's a pillow? I think it's a stuffed animal or a pillow. All right, we're going to open it up and or a beanbag chair, right? Now you guys all experienced a part of it and you don't have the whole idea. Let's see what's inside. This is not my knife, but we'll open. A Pokemon. Yes, it's Daddy's Pokemon. Who was right about it? You were the closest because it's a stuffed animal. Okay, I'm going to get you guys all to sit down. And the person who sits the quietest and is the best listener doesn't get to keep it because this belongs to Drew, and he's not going to want you to take it home. But he'll be able to sit next to you. So you guys can go sit back with your parents, and I'll keep an eye on you. And whoever's the best listener as I keep talking gets to sit with Bulbasaur. Stanley may decide he needs to sit next to him right now. So that was inspired by um, an old story of four blind men and an elephant. And they're trying to figure out what in the world it is. And so one touches the trunk and they think, oh, this is like a big hose. Someone touches the ear and is like, well, this is a big fan. Someone touches the tail and says, well, this is a rope. And someone touches the side and is like, well, this is a wall, clearly. And they all had a, a varying idea of what it was, but they didn't actually know what it is. And that's kind of the way things are with God. None of us, because we are human, can see all of God. 
We are still human. We are still here. We cannot see all of God. But he gives all of us something. And he wants us to share it with each other so that we can learn more about God and we can get a bigger picture of who he is and what he wants for us and for our lives. And so that was what this Pokemon was supposed to be telling us. That we don't get the whole picture, but if we work together and we are in relationship, and we don't think of that our, our faith is just something personal that's not to be shared, that we can uh, learn more about God. As an aside, because we have the kids here, um, I don't know if any of the kids have heard this, because we have a lot of younger kids, but has anyone who is a kid here been told at any point that you are the future? Have you heard that? Aiden, you've heard that? Has anyone heard anything about being the future? We talk about that a lot, that kids are the future. But I want to tell you, when it comes to the church... Okay, guys, thanks for raising your hand. I was just wondering about if you'd heard that. Um, when it comes to the church... We're not trying to raise up people to be the future. We are a family, and we are all together. And we don't want future contributions, and we are not investing for future contributions. We are investing for now. Hi, Bella. Because the kids are the same as all of us. God can speak through the kids. When we are paying attention, we can learn from the youngest. And I would say, being a mother, that I have learned from my kids even as they were infants. As they have relied on me, I thought of scriptures that talk about um, us being the children of God. As they learned to walk and they would stumble and fall, I thought of times in my life when I am attempting something new or I'm trying to do what I think God wants me to do and I stumble and fall. And when I thought about how much I love them and how even when sometimes my kids get in trouble, not that, Sterling, do you ever get in trouble, bud? You do? Just, just occasionally. <laughs> how I love them so much still, no matter what happens, and I still want the best for them. And that is the same with our relationship with God. God wants to work in and through everyone here. And that is part of why it is exciting that we have the kids here. Because Landon, you, God can speak through you as well as he can speak through me. Because it's God, it's not about me. So if you ever feel like God is telling you to tell someone something, try it. And you can say, I don't know if this is really God, but I think this and see how it goes because he can. Aiden, the same is true for you. Okay, bud? God can talk through you just as well as he can talk through Brian because it's about God. It's not about the people here. So this morning we are celebrating. We are all together. We are talking about investing in each other because a life, a full life lived with God must include intentional relationships and gatherings. If you have ever been somewhere or in any situation that you felt God was there, it's an amazing feeling. 
Sometimes it can feel like God just shows up when we need him, and that is amazing, but it can also lead us to wander through our life waiting for him to show up. But if we are intentional about our lives, we are intentional about our relationships, we are intentional about when we gather together at church or just with another person or with three, when we are intentional and we are reaching out to God and we are reaching out to each other and we are trying to move in our gifts or loving each other, just working in our disciplines, God will start to show up regularly. The author of Hebrews, when he was writing to a church, he told them not to neglect meeting together because some people had started to do that. He told them to encourage one another. If we determine to go through life listening for what others can share with us about God and then being intentional to share with them what God has given us for others, God will show up. And we can have a church and small groups and friends that get together and families where God is there. Where we know he exists and he cares because we see him moving because we are being intentional about our relationship with him and our relationship with each other. He'll show up regularly on our coffee dates, our drives, our breakfast, and our random work conversations if we are intentional. And it's important to be so. Because if we are, then we and those we meet with will be changed. Because you cannot come face to face with God, the knowledge of him and his character and seeing him move without being changed. And that change that happens inside of us, if you are looking for a way to make an impact on the world, I would encourage you to think about that if you believe in souls, if you do believe that there is a part of us that lives forever, which I do, then the only true eternal impact that you can have is on another person and their soul. A lot of people can pursue things in life to try and make a difference. But if we believe in souls, if we believe in the eternity of, of us, that there is a part of people that will last forever, then what we do with and for other people is how we can make an everlasting impact. When we intentionally carve out time to have coffee with a neighbor, to commit to a small group, to have a faith conversation with our children, in our families, or at church, those could be the most impacting, everlasting things we ever do. We need to do them. They are worth doing. And anything worth doing is worth doing consistently. Because you might make a difference if you do this once. If you're intentional about, hey, what does God have for this person? What does God have for me through this person? But if we can start making that a consistent part of our lives, that we are wondering, hey, what does God have for this person? What does God want to teach me right now through this person? If we can start doing that consistently, our lives will be changed, our church will be changed, our families will be changed. 
But how can we do that? How can we make a consistent change? How in the world can the words that I'm saying this morning make a difference in your life, in my life, that we actually start to see it? And the way that we can do it is we can create rhythms. In Deuteronomy, God gave instructions to his people. And he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. When you look at this, there are rhythms that are created. You could read it and you could think, okay, all the time. Or you could think, how would my life be different if when I get out of bed, this is what I do? Even if it's just a quick prayer. How will I be different if every time I meet a random person, we make it more intentional about God? I'll give you a little example from my own life. Um, once a week, as part of what I do here at the church, I count the offering with a member of the congregation who volunteers their time and comes. Um, all of our volunteers who do it are um, older than me. I won't say how older, but they're older than me. Uh, and I have learned things through all of them unintentionally. I don't think they've ever come uh, meaning to teach me anything, but an example would be, I have figured out, just from random comments that they've made, that if I want to be healthy when I am older, I should be moving every day. Just a random little bit that I've learned from them. But if I took that little interaction that we have, and Monroe, I'd love to do this, if we took it and we started being more intentional about it, though I learn a lot from you anyway, if we... We're intentional about, hey, what does God have in this moment? It would drastically transform those 10 to 15 minutes. I don't even, it almost feels scary because this should be an everyday thing. Do I really want to bring God into this? What's going to happen if I'm bringing God into every aspect of my life? And then I think about it, so many cool things could happen. If in these small, everyday things that we do, we start to make rhythms where we are involving God and we are involving others and we are seeing what he wants to do in and through us together. We have an invitation to an amazing, eternal life with each other where we can be changed and affect change. And in order to do that, we need to be intentional and create rhythms so that when we're not thinking about it as much, it is a natural flow of our life. If you were a Jewish person and this was your life, that when you got up, and this is what they taught, like you tied things to um, your arm and you put them on your doorpost, it, all of those little things remind you. So if we can start creating rhythms... Things will change for us and others. It doesn't need to be a part of something big and organized, but if you're not sure where to start, um, we have places that you can start. 
In August, we are starting something new with our kids' ministry, and I am very excited about it, and I am excited for how it can be a tool for everyone here. We are going to be using the Orange Curriculum, which um, tr- it harnesses the power of relationships. And they say that there are two influences in a kid's life. There's the church, and they say that that's yellow, the light. And then there's the family, and that's the red and the heart. And they want to put them together so that kids um, have the right influences in their lives. And I think that this is an instance where the children's ministry can teach us all something. But in August, we're going to be starting and we're going to go to a full hour. And sometimes we can think, well, then, okay, okay, the kids are going to be out of the service, so then we can have real church. But I want to encourage all of you, if you are a volunteer, or if you are not, perhaps you should be, Know that what happens over there is just as much church as what happens here. And we are planning on making more and more strides to leveraging the consistency and the relationships that will help um, our volunteers and our kids invest in each other and learn more about God together. We're running late and we've lost many of the children. (laughs) So I just want to reinforce that if we can be intentional about our relationships, if we can put intentionality in our interactions, and we can put a rhythm in our relationships where we include God, we can create a big impact. So I wanted to leave you with some practical ways that you can do that. In the fall, I don't remember if we've set the date, I want to make up September 23rd for our life group launch. That is it. I remembered. Um, But if you are not part of a small group, um, we would encourage you to pursue that in the fall. And we can have the sign-up ready for you on our website. Also, I would encourage you to sign up to volunteer. Our kids' ministry is currently looking for volunteers, but we do have production in other areas. But if you are not sure how you can start creating relationships with other Christians so that you can learn how to do this thing where you are intentionally asking God what he has for them and finding out what God has for you through them, then volunteering on a team is a great way to start to get to know people and practice those things. And if you aren't going to do those, but you still need an action step, I would encourage you to pick a relationship And decide what rhythm you're going to create so that you can invest in it intentionally. I'm going to take a moment to pray now. Um, I think we've lost a fair bit of the kids. I think we're going to... I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I'm still going to invite all the kids to come up. And then I would like to invite anyone who is a volunteer for KidZone to stand up. All right. So I'm going to pray, 
Are you guys ready to pray with me? Okay. I would like you, when I say amen, can you guys say amen? Okay, we're going to practice. Amen. Amen. All right. That's what we're going to do. So I am going to pray for our adults and our kids on volunteers. And I would like you guys to say amen when I say amen. And then we are going to pray for you guys too. All right. And then I'm going to want them to say amen when I say amen. All right. Is everybody ready? Okay. God, thank you so much for this church family that you have created for us. I pray that you would be with us and you would help us to um, learn how to intentionally invest in each other. Amen. Amen. May we have little moments every day that you direct us through and that we create that we start to invite you into. Amen. Amen. Please be with our volunteers, those who have stood, those we appreciate so much, who have put so much time into our lives already, and those who will be volunteering. Amen. Amen. May we be your church together, and may we as adults be good examples to these kids in how to live a life with you moving through us. Amen. Amen. That's right. All right, now we're going to pray for you kids. Are you right? So you don't have to say amen. Now the adults are going to say amen. Wait, amen. Do you know this is my Pokemon? Did you know I watched Pokemon and Ash Ketchup has Bulbasaur? Does Ash, Ash Ketchup, uh, I can't say his last name, but Ash has Bulbasaur? Yeah. That is super cool. All right, adults, we are going to pray for the kids. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Lord, thank you so much for our kids. Amen. Amen. Uh, We pray that you would move in their lives and you would move in their families so that they would know you in their lives. Amen. Amen. Be with us as adults. May we begin to invest in them consistently as volunteers and even just as adults that they see occasionally. Amen. May you blow us away by the faith that these children have. And may they teach us, as you have said, that they will. Amen. Thank you so much, kids. Um, I forgot to mention, if you are interested in volunteering as a Kids Own volunteer, you would like to know how you could, we would love to have you. Um, we love our volunteers. They do such amazing work. Right, kids? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Stanley's excited. Um, so we're going to have some boards out at the back if you want to look at them or some sheets that you can take to learn more about KidZone. Um, but I just want to encourage you, pick something that you can be intentional about and ask God um, what other people can have for you and what you can have for them. And I think that you'll be blessed. Have a good week, guys. Amen. We hope this message helped you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. You can find out more about us by going to mygrandvalley.ca.